Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Sam. I have Muggsy Bogues with me. Muggsy, how are you? I'm all well, my brother. How you doing, Sam? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, I realized uh, after we recorded our first episode, I didn't really introduce myself. But <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm Sam. But for those who are wondering who, like, who the hell I am, mm-hmm. my name is Sam Dracula. It's a weird name, I know. But when your real last name is Smith, you got to get creative on the mm-hmm. internet. All Sam Smith, everything's taken online, so you got to switch it up where you can. Also, shout to the <laughs> Munsters. Um, I have a YouTube channel covering the Hornets. Um, that's kind of how this all folds together. And uh, of course, a man who needs no introduction, Muggsy Bogues, the star of the show here. No, no, I'm not the star of the show. Sam, I am the man at the star of the show, guy. Oh, man. Thank you. Uh, we, I appreciate it. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a clip that and uh, put that on my resume. I need that. There you go. There you go. Also, well, thank you all so much for coming through and showing support on episode one. We're going to be here every week covering the Hornets, the ins and outs, getting Muggsy's expertise. We're going to have guests on to talk about the Hornets current and past very excited that this uh, this podcast and project is here. Um, and so speaking of the podcast, this what you're listening to now, we're going to get into uh, the first two preseason games with the Hornets uh, against the Raptors. We're going to get our first impressions of our, of our guys. We're going to talk about the Raptors themselves and what to look out for with the remaining two preseason games against the Magic. Because disclaimer, we're recording this before the Magic games happen. So um if you're wondering what's going on, that's what's going on. <laughs> but uh, another friendly reminder, uh, like if you like what you hear, tell a friend, subscribe, leave us a rating. It'll help the show, help the reach of the show, help us out a ton. And it'll let us know that you like what you hear. You know, we're can, we can, you can't go wrong with that. You can find the show on, on iTunes, Spotify, on YouTube. Like, check us out. If you hear us, I guess you're already hearing us. So tell someone you like about the show. Make their day. Just tune um, in, basically what he's saying. Just tune yeah. on in and come yeah. on to get everybody else to tune in too. Yeah, don't keep the show for yourself, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. You know <laughs> spread the love. Um, so let's start. We got to start on a, like a downer of sorts. Um, the big free agent signing for the summer, or no, I keep saying the summer because I'm so used to yeah. the normal NBA timeline of the offseason. Mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward picked up a finger fracture injury in the last game. Fortunately, that injury seems to be a day-to-day type injury and won't be and he won't be out for a long stretch. So, uh, Muggsy, what went through your head when you when you heard about the Gordon Hayward injury initially? Well, of course, I'm quite sure I'm not the only one concerned, you know, because of his history. You know, he has a, a history of being injury prone, and, um, and here it is when you give someone that kind of a contract and you're looking for him to be out there night in and night out, and when you have an injury that prevent that, that kind of concerns you. And luckily, um, that is not as serious as, you know, we won and that it that, that has been noted, but uh, a finger is on the shooting hand. So anything, you know, close to on that hand that you, that's that dominant hand is always a concern for me. But again, we got in today's day, in today's um, uh, medicine world, you know, they get us back on the court quickly. So hopefully that the Hornets, and I know they got a great uh, medical uh a team over there and they're going to do everything that's possible to get him back safely so he can join the team. And what about the timing of it? Cause I, I got to, you know, never played in the NBA guilty, mm-hmm. but 
like we're in the preseason, guys. They're trying to get ready for the regular season. It's a shortened season. What does this type of injury, being on the shelf for, let's say, a week or two weeks at the worst, how does that, like, what goes through a player's mind when you have that kind of setback? Because, like, are you thinking at it like you have to start from zero again and go through your whole ramp up again, getting ready for the season? Does that interrupt your, your preparation for the season? Like, what, what are your thoughts on, like, the timing? of this injury and him getting ready def- for the regular season. It, it definitely become frustrated because again, you know, you've been sitting out and here it is training camp just started and preseason was right around the corners as, you know, training came to begin. So, you know, when you, you can't participate, you know, it can affect your win, can your conditioning as, as well as the chemistry, especially being a new player coming in, trying to fit in with the, with the guys. But luckily again, it happened early during the preseason It's not as serious you know, as as they uh, alluded to, and he can get back, you know, probably a week or so to time it. But luckily and, and gratefully, that it's not his legs, anything of that of that nature, where he can't walk through some of the things that they would be going through on the floor. He can still participate in that regards um, because it's his finger. Um, but again, it just kind of, you know, it, it just frustrates you because you can't participate with the guys that you're trying to build this chemistry with. Yep. And um, I thought, you know, I thought we saw some good things from him uh, when he was on the floor. Um, very confident on the ball. Like, if he looked like a, a real NBA veteran out there amongst the younger players, which is super beneficial. Uh, oh, absolutely. One thing I want to... Oh, yeah. One thing I want to talk about is, like, the atmosphere of these games. Because I was just very... We, I got used to the bubble. Like, watching those games, <laughs> you got accustomed to seeing the, the faces on the screens, the music, the noise... But like from no from like regular basketball to no basketball to bubble mm-hmm. to no basketball again now to this um, this like this COVID aware uh, environment where different arenas will have different setups. I guess some cities are having crowds and like small number of crowds and some won't. What do you, what do you think of like the atmosphere at the Spectrum Center for these games with the fake crowd noise specifically? Well, it was going to affect them in some way, but not as much as one would think, um, because it, once you became, get between those lines, it become what the goal is, the task at hand, and trying to, you know, uh, put that together and go out there and put together the game plan that Coach uh, came up with. Um, but again, it's a, when you're in the bubble, see, they had opportunity, as you mentioned and alluded to, when playing in the bubble, but they was playing on one court. They didn't travel. Um, even though it wasn't no fans there. But now this is the opportunity where you plan in your own arena. Um, no fans. Some may some may have fans, some may not. But if you're home, but the Hornets, speaking of the Hornets situation, if they have fans in there, if they don't, you know, you just got to really build off the teammates. And uh, because you used to hand that six man get you going, you know, we, we use that. You know, that's the drilling for us in times where – Things are not going well. They could get us back into the game. So not having that, you got to rely more or less on your teammates and trying to find a way to uh, to overcome whatever you know negativity that's going on at that particular time. But it also could be a beneficial because you know a lot of guys who are not used to playing <laughs> hand that heckler in the stands. You know because every arena has one, and uh, and that heckler could really be very voiceful and can get under your skin. And uh, it could kind of affect your game somewhat, but you don't have to be dealing with that. So these guys ain't really worrying about that. And you can hear everything in the arena now. Yeah. You know, you can hear 
everything in arena, you know, so everything's calling the plays out and everything. So, you know, it, it affects you in that, in that perspective, but once you're between the lines, it's just hooping, you know, the guys really competing against the other team and hopefully that you can execute, uh, execute the game plan that the coach came up with. Yeah. I got a kick out of like watching the mellow. Like he, he would take a shot and he, it's like, he will miss a shot. And then the Raptors bench would like uh-huh. start barking at him. And then Lamelo <laughs> makes a shot and then kind of looks over to the Raptors bench and like, yeah, what are you going to say now? Like that element of like you mentioned relying on your teammates, you don't mm-hmm. have the, that, that 10, 20,000 people mm-hmm. arena of people. Like you have a, it's like a, a, you're playing to a much smaller audience with your, your teammates and the enemies on the other side. That's really cool. I got a kick out of that in the preseason. How would you, what would you think about playing in this where you can like, where the trash talk is like being, you can hear someone trash talk from across the court with like no interference <laughs> from the crowd. Yeah, we got it. We, we experienced that in the bubble with Rondo and and Russell Westbrook brother uh, down there in the bubble. But you're right. You can hear uh, when trash talk is take place, but I mean, that's part of the game. And, uh, and that's something that, you know, every player, you know, gamed up for. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, hey, this is what we we here to play, and that's what they're here for. Uh, right now, you know, the Hornets, you know, Melo just having fun. You know, he have an opportunity to try to, you know, find himself. You know, it's, it's his NBA debut um, now, and he got two games under his belt, um, feeling good about himself in terms of getting that now behind him and, and, and trying to, you know, letting his – trying to gain the confidence and the respect of his teammates. And, uh, and that's the beauty thing about preseason. You get to make – have mistakes and, and go through that. And uh, and at the same time, you're still trying to you know how I can get better and, and how I can kind of, you know, have impact for – how I can have an impact for this franchise because um, I was quite sure they're expecting that out of me. Yep, what yep. he's probably thinking. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, and to that, to that effect, right now he's not in the starting lineup. Uh, mm-hmm. And which is rightfully so. Which, yeah, you had to earn your spot. And the Hornets have really two really good guards right now. You have to like yeah. really take that, take the like take the bull by its horns to, to which you can learn price. from. You know, it's yeah. a good opportunity that he ain't got to come in and then not throwing them in the fire. He get an opportunity to learn behind uh, two good guards and Devontae, just a young guard within himself, but had the opportunity to learn behind Kemba Walker. You mm-hmm. know, one of the best guards out there. So now he's trying to you know continue. You know, and and, and players. You, you kind of wonder, okay, well, why he playing my same position? Why would I want to help him? But that's just what we do. That's just teammates looking out for teammates, and uh, because we all in it for the same uh, purpose. You know, the ultimate goal is to win. And I think if he, we benefit each other by helping each other. And I think that's what uh, Devontae Grant and Terry Rozier understand that because someone did it for them. And they're gonna, you know, make sure they bring metal along the right way, and, and, and where he can have an opportunity to grow as opposed to just been thrown in the fire. Yep. And we saw you mentioned Terry Devante at the guard at the guard spot and the seemingly favorited starting five. Uh Gordon Hayward in the first two games. Um Cody Martin is replacing him while he's out on the injury. And then uh PJ at the four with Cody Zeller at the five seems to be the preferred starting five right now from Coach Brego. And then with the second unit being the Martin twins, Lamelo. Miles Bridges and Bismack Biombo. Now those those last three names, Lamelo, Miles, and Biombo, those guys seem to be meshing extraordinarily well. Like that Biz and Lamelo specifically 
LaMelo seems to be looking out for Biz on the court. And Biz seems to be going out of his way to like put his arm around him. And like, it's, it, Biz seems like LaMelo seems to be Biz's rookie, like his mentor yeah. on the court, which is really refreshing to see that they're paying that much, clo- that close attention to his, to LaMelo's development. And it's great for Biz yeah. because LaMelo's looking out for him. Biz can do things still on the court. He's no yeah. scrub. And so if you have a guy like LaMelo who's looking to, I, basically, I'm getting that. I but, think we're gonna see the best well, Bismack well, beyond. Well, Biz know how to get fed. Biz know how to get fed. Yeah, he yeah. know I'm limited. I know I need to keep my arms around this young fellow because he's got an IQ that's off the chart. And if I just move and get into the open space, he's gonna find me. So I got to make sure that I keep him feeling good about himself. But that's a good thing with veterans do, uh, bringing them uh, along in that re- in that way. Uh, and he's going to help Biz tremendously because Biz is a guy that runs the floor. He's athletic. Um, he can play without the basketball. And, of course, he's limited to what his offense is, but right around the basket, you know, one pass and a dunk, that's all you need, you know, and that young fella seemed to be doing that. And it's going to be up and down for him, but right now he's finding a way to have a pick-and-roll chemistry with Biz uh, because he's able to get into the lane and the guy's got to help and he's able to – find Biz, you know, with a, a spectacular pass thus far. Um, of course, he's going to be scouted as they go further into the season. So players going to, I mean, teams going to take away, you know, his strength and make him play towards his weakness more so. So he got to understand that going forward. And hopefully, you know, the guys around him can, can, you know, point those things out so we can minimize some of those mistakes, you know, so he can really have a, a pretty good season. Oh, definitely. And like LaMelo looking out for miles. Like we got a lot of highlights in, the, in, in two games, yeah. even that first game where LaMelo didn't score, which is totally fine. He had like 10 rebounds, like deal. If you want to yeah. grab 10 boards and not score any points, I'm cool with that. I'm not mad at that What's at all. It? Well, that's what a point guard IQ, when you got a high IQ, you got to understand sometimes we don't have to score in order to take over a basketball game. You know what I mean? Because we understand the pace of the game, we control the tempo, and we know how to get others around us involved. And he understand that, and uh, but that's the you know the 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 process that he's going to have to go through with the shot. But I'm not even worried about the passing ability and um, the understanding of the game because he knows that he has that. It's a matter of the growth of having confidence in the shot, having understanding, um, not get so caught up and have to take in that shot. You know, because you can get demoralized and your confidence can go down when people are expecting you to do certain things. And you're trying to fill their expectations where you got to let that be a process in your game. You got to let that evolve and you got to stay to your strength and keep bound that, you know, more so to where the negativity or um, the positive outshot the negativity. And I think he will understand that. And I think the coaches will give him that understanding as well. And um, and he, he can have a, a pretty, you know, impactful season with these with the Hornets. Yeah, and then I think it goes back to what you mentioned before about him coming off the bench, at least initially, mm-hmm. where you can only you, you you put him in positions to succeed. And if you feel like it's not working, rather than having his confidence get knocked, you take him out, bring on the vets, and they can handle things until Lamelo's ready again. Like there's a really good dynamic I think there with the guard spot and a depth that will be really helpful with these like this compact season with all a lot of games in a short period of time. And that's what coach is trying to do. And, you know, trying to find out what he has, you know, how many um, bodies he can use, uh, what type of rotation that he's going to, you know, going to be available for him. 
You know, and that's what you use the preseason for. And um, so I'm quite sure that's what he kind of going through, putting different units out there, seeing what works, and uh, so he can make that ultimate decision. Yeah, and uh, speaking of decisions, we're seeing PJ play uh, on, on a kind of a new spot on the floor on the, at the five. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It seems to be very um, specific depending on the other team's lineup. Right. Um, it didn't seem like because like Aaron, I guess the Raptors, they really have Aaron Baines. It was like they're big, I guess. Like at one point, Miles um, started at the second quarter of the first game, I think, at the five. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the biggest guy on the court for the Raptors uh, for the Raptors was Siakam. So like mm-hmm. as a fan, I'm like, OK, cool. We're not going to get tore up inside because all he has to do is he's guard Matt 6'10", Thomas. 6'10", 6'11". Yeah. But he's like more yeah. like a perimeter guy. Like I don't see him posting up. Mm-hmm. So I and I think. I think one of the Martins was actually guarding him, but uh, yeah, he was. I I love the confidence out of PJ first. First of all, like his ability to grab a board, bring the ball up, and shoot a shot. Like, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> give me more of that. Yeah. I'm, I'm a I'm yeah. a huge PJ fan, and if his confidence is sky high, I think he's gonna only continue to get better. And we saw, I think we're seeing that thus far in the preseason, regardless of what position yeah. he's playing. Yeah, I'm a PJ fan too. I was one of the one that told them they should take him. You know, when he was available at, at 12 and he hasn't, you know, disappointed me since. And he can have an opportunity to kind of start to put a stamp on some things with his game, you know, playing the five position. Um, but it's going to be challenging. It depends on, as you mentioned, some of the teams that uh, he matches up with. But his confidence is, is sky right now. He believes he can knock down that three. He's shooting it pretty confidently. And, and that's going to bring the bigs out close. And then he also have the ability to put it on the floor. Um, so that's really going to, you know, continue to uh, build his confidence. And I like that opportunity with him playing the five and Miles and Melo pushing it. And you got the two guys out there shooting. You know, they, we can get away with that at times. And I think that could be some exciting basketball. You know, when you get an easy basket, a lot of excitement, a lot of electricity, you know, take place, you know, on that floor when you're out there you know, operating in that regard. So uh, I like that. Um, and that's what coaches, you know, he's going to be uh, afforded with, you know, having that type of um, availability with these guys. And I think that's what he's trying to find out who's going to be there, what my rotation is going to look like and uh, how we, you know, when the opening of the season stuff. Well, you mentioned like pushing for PJ out of, out of college in the draft. What was it, what'd you see out of PJ uh, at Kentucky that you thought would translate over to, well, for, to the NBA, and, and is it panning out as you expected? Well, for one, a lot of part of the season, you know, his confidence in shooting the basketball, you know, um, he was really starting to come into his own, uh, a start of versatility, and then the availability who was there uh, during the draft. And um, a lot of them was talking about, you know, Archibald down in, in, in Washington, but I really had my eye on PJ because I think what – the Hornets needed at that time and what was in the draft, you know, it wasn't that deep, but what they had in the draft, you know, and his, you know, still being available at that position, I think that could be a start for them in terms of what the franchise could look like in the future. You know, a guy that has a lot of heart for one, uh, and who ain't backing down from nobody, but brings a lot of versatility and has a lot of upsides to his game. Yeah, uh, there's... I did a video on my channel, um, I think it was like the spring, uh, just re-watching Hornets drafts and just listening to what the commentators were saying about 
the rookies. And if you watched what like Reese Davis and like those analysts were saying about Devontae Graham, Miles Bridges, and PJ Washington, all were these guys were overlooked and had like from one year to another year in college really shown that they can add to their game and and um you know and make a make a serious leap and they they all have all three of those dudes had the same kind of theme about them coming into the nba and then with the benefit of hindsight seeing these guys get better in the nba like you see that that common trajectory they went from point a to point b in college now they're in the pros they're going from point b to point c c to d like that constant like upward uh trajectory just so to see yeah. PJ in the starting lineup, uh, well, first off, to see PJ like what do you drain like seven threes in his first NBA game? Yeah, and yeah. then fast forward a year later to now, where he's in the starting lineup, being relied upon to do multiple things, speaks a lot mm-hmm. about him as a person and as a player. Like I'm very excited Ab- that he's part of the franchise and to see where he goes as a fan. Absolutely, and they all had a different journey, and of course, you know, with Devontae, you know, had to go his route to get to where he is in terms of being a two-way player and now growing and, and having PJ and Miles, um, of course, that kind of, that's the, we got that lower relation with one another, all three of us, you know, being drafted number 12 and, 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 you know, overall. So I kind of always have that little trivial for me, you know, (laughs) they they don't even know about that. Uh, But that's something that I always talk about the 12 players been selected in the draft but you know but you can see the you know and it was expected for these guys to to be this you know to grow into the player that they're starting to become um and that was the you know the 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 game plan that was the vision when they selected these guys knowing the upside they have and and so that's that's the that's the beauty of it and and any good individual they're good characters you know and you're creating culture as well when you select type of individual you know, such as Miles and PJ and 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 adding like a Devontae, there you go, and a Devontae Graham to the mix. Um, so, you know, you, you when you got that type of core uh, under your organization, you know, now that's where you build from. And that's what they've done, you know, and a guy, a piece like Mello, Gordon Haywood, you know, and even the kid Jalen uh, Daniel, uh, yeah. McDaniels, you know, who people don't talk much about. And I really like his upside because he really stretches the floor. Uh, he could put the ball on the floor as well, and he and he played defense. And, and having that length and having that ability, you know, it just gives you so much versatility. And I think his confidence too is starting to grow. So I think he's looking for more opportunities. And I think when he do get it, he will really, you know, showcase what he's all about. So I'm excited about this upcoming season. I really am because of things that's happened. The way they put uh, put it together, you know, got rid of some of the guys in terms of contracts and some of the uh, pieces that just didn't fit. But now you got pieces that fit, and we're gonna try to see how that puzzle come together. Yeah, and we got to see our players uh, tested against the Toronto Raptors, a very good, a very very good team. Um, and in each of those first quarters, the Hornets outplayed the Raptors um, mm-hmm. when it was largely starter for starter. I know the Raptors were, were about Kyle Lowry, but we took it to him. The Hornets took it to him. <laughs> and, you know, the games, you know, went away. Like, the Hornets, through turnovers and free throws, what have you, like, the Raptors yeah. are really good. They made their runs, and they won each game. But, you know, that that stuff is hard. For me, at least, it's hard to like, wrap my head around because it's not, you know, 
we rested our starters at some point. They rested their starters. It's like how much weight do you put yeah. on a win? But I thought our guys played very well um, for the most part in those games. Turnovers yeah, that, aside. But that will come, yeah. right, as you go through preseason. And yeah, I mean, the first game, I mean, you know you're going to see sloppiness, especially yep. when you got a short pre-se- I mean, short uh, training camp and you roll right into preseason. So you're going to see a lot of sloppiness. That's to be expected. But again, it's preseason. You know, you said that they jumped up on the Raptors and, you know, the Raptors, you know, they championship pedigree type team. So, you know, they they just trying to find a way of getting their, you know, feet under under their, uh, their feet under themselves and, and trying to gain their conditioning and so forth. Just like the Hornets as well. But you want to see what the Hornets want to see what they have, you know, because you have so many things. So, so many new pieces that you want to find out about uh, the Raptors, you know, they they've been stable. You know, they got guys that have been you know, on that roster for quite some time, even though they had some new addition, the kid Terrence Davis, who's, uh, you know, playing lights out over there, uh, as well as the kid Flynn. You know, Flynn has been balling and, um, you know, showcasing that, hey, Kyle Lava, you out, you know, stay out a little longer. So I get some more minutes, you know. So, uh, you know, this is preseason. That's what it's, you know, that's what preseason is all about. You know, guys trying to, you know, find their game, find their conditions, coaches trying to find, who available, what's going to be available for me during the season, and uh, and who I can go for, and who, who I can count on. Yep. And so we have two more games left to to see what happens, um, who emerges in those, like who, like who emerges, who regresses. Like, do we see Malik Monk get more minutes? We only saw him for a little bit in game two. I uh, know he's, he's coming off COVID. He, he needs to take his time getting right. Uh, there's no, because of the state of the roster, there's no real rush to get him involved. Like we can take, he can take his time getting his legs and lungs ready. Um, but with the remaining games against the Magic, is there anything you're looking out for um, with the with the squad? Um, what like is it? How important is it to get a win out of these two games going into the season, or is it not important at all? Given that it's well, what, preseason. Yeah, well, I mean, you coaches, every coach would definitely love would get a win. You definitely want to get a win because you know that. You know, that game plan that you put together, you know, it can't, it was successful. But, you know, if you don't, you know, they always try to look at something positive they can take out of it. You know, whatever that may be, you know, the conditioning, the chemistry, uh, what we're trying to do offensively, defensively. Um, and now we go into the season, we could clean all this stuff up. So they don't hang their stuff up too much on the wins and the losses. It's more or less evaluation process. Uh, and they're just trying to find out before the season, Who's going to be available? What we have? What type of defense? How defense is looking? Um, how the offense is? You know how we executing on both ends? You know, and then my rotation. You know who I'm gonna go with right now. Early on, I'm gonna go with 10, 11, or right now I'm shorten it to nine. So you know they're trying to figure out all that during preseason, getting ready for that upcoming season. All right, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Um, I was very concerned as a cord cutter of my ability to watch this, <laughs> watch these games. I missed like the first five minutes of the first quarter of the first game because I, I uh, AT&T TV now was just like, uh-huh. hey, we're going to show you some. What were they showing me? It was like it was like a, a box, like a boxing event from I don't know when <laughs> instead of the actual game until I like, switched over. It was like, what? Don't do this to me. Like, I know, it's some it's preseason for the networks, too. So they got it right. Yeah. Game two. Flawless. Got to see. Eric Collins and Del Curry do their mm. thing in pregame. I'm I forgot how much I missed those guys. <laughs> like those those are like, the announcers are so good. Um, yeah, yeah. I love that. I, I, 
I was watching it too. I about to go through the stream when I heard Del, when I heard Dell talk about a uh, a mellow pass uh, looked like Mark Jackson. I'm like, what? What? What the heck is he talking about? He said, uh, good. I'm glad that Eric kind of corrected him and told him, no, it's more like a poor man, Muggsy Bogues. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had to. Yeah, I got to let him know about that. Yeah, shoot him a text. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Watch it. I'm, I'm watching, but just send him the eyes emojis. Like, I'm watching. Just be careful. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, we'll be back next week on December 23rd, the season opener. We're coming at you with our season preview. Um, that will lead nicely into the season opener that evening against the Cavaliers. So we're, we're, it's Fast and Furious coming up. The NBA season is finally back. And I won't speak for Muggsy, but like we're, we're here for it. We're so excited for it. Absolutely, boy. We, hey, I can't wait. You know, this is right now, this is the best time of the year for me, you know, basketball season. Yeah, it's an um, early so Christmas present, really. Like, Yeah, and then we're going to have a, a Christmas game. So that's really going to be icing on the cake. Um, sitting back and enjoying all the wonderful gifts that take place that day. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for checking out the Believe in Hornets podcast and the Believe Podcast Network. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you later, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.